0: I'm Caitlin McTanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. Everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Rebirth of Venus. And for today's episode, I'm so excited to be again partnering with my friends over at Hemp Kettle Tea Company. So, Hemp Kettle Tea Company is my favorite tea company. I'm drinking their teas almost every day, often multiple times a day. Their teas are really special and different because they combine whole leaf teas with whole spices and hemp seeds so that you actually get the nutrition from the hemp seeds along with the nutrition of the different teas that are used, the different whole leaf herbs that are used, the spices, and they're so delicious because you get this delicious natural flavor from the spices and flowers and other little things that are added to the teas without getting that really strong artificial flavor that so many whole leaf teas that are sold in tea boutiques and things like that use. So I really love hemp kettle tea because they are this delicious natural flavor and have these amazing therapeutic benefits. My favorites are the desert sage which is an amazing herbal tea. It has sage, it has rose petals, cardamom, a bunch of other things. It's so delicious. I also love the jasmine mate, I love the holy basil trio, the lavender lemon berry. There's so many delicious teas available from Hemp Kettle Tea. And I actually have a few gifts for you if you're a tea lover. So, you can go to hempkettletea.com and use code rebirth of venus 2019 and receive a 10% discount and free shipping anywhere in the US for purchases of $25 or more. And in addition to that, you'll actually receive a free quarter ounce sample of any tea with your purchase. And so, you all you have to do is go over to hempkettletea.com and um, go ahead, place your order, use that promo code, mention in the comments which sample you would like, so you can pick any of those teas for your free sample. You'll get the discount, and you can try these amazing teas. They're so delicious. It's an amazing company owned by a friend of mine, and I love supporting them here on the show so if you're a tea lover be sure to check them out all right everybody so today i have a topic that you know it's something that isn't let me go back it's kind of funny how i notice these themes so i work as a coach i work as a spiritual guide Um, my work combines mindset coaching with the symbols of the tarot so i work with a lot of clients in session Um, whether it's in my tarot transformation sessions. If you're interested in learning more about that, you can click the link in the show notes. So whether it's those individual sessions, whether it's my ongoing clients, working in a coaching setting, and even when it comes to people who send me questions and comments on Instagram, if you're not aware, I love answering my Instagram DMs. I am at rebirth underscore of Venus. And I love, love, love hearing from you, everybody who is, listening to the show. I love hearing your suggestions for episodes, the questions you have, and I love answering those questions here on the show. And so it's interesting because in all of these contexts, I've started noticing a lot of a, a big pattern of questions about health-related issues. Now, let's throw the disclaimer out there now. <laughs> I am not a doctor, obviously. I'm not a nutritionist. Obviously, well, maybe that's not obvious. I guess I could be a nutritionist and you just don't know, but I'm not. I have no training in anything medical related. My, all, everything I'm sharing here, always, in every episode of this podcast is based on two things. My personal experience, which is all I can ever speak of, really, because while I can make, you know, assumptions or guesses about other people's experiences, I don't really know what other people are going through. So they're based, so everything I present here on the podcast is either about, it's either reflective of my personal experience, what I know to be true in my soul, or my observations and my interpretations of my observations, which this should be obvious, but I'll say it anyway. My observations are filtered in the lens of my beliefs, my ideas, my experiences. And so my point here is that nothing I present here on the podcast is absolute truth. Certainly, it's absolute truth for me. Many of these messages that I receive from my intuition, I know to be true for myself. And I know to be universal truth. However, and this might like trip you up a little bit. <laughs> so hear me out for a moment. I actually do I, I believe that things can be universal truth and they can run counter to personal truth. Because here's the thing, your personal truth is based on your the needs of your soul, the lessons you need to learn, your approach to the world, the lens that you approach the world in, and so on. So something can be universal truth and you can choose something else and that's completely fine. So it's just important to be aware of that duplicity that exists in, the, in any wisdom that you receive and recognize that just because somebody has a perspective that maybe runs counter to yours doesn't mean your truth is false. And so I hope that makes sense. I'm always encouraging people to listen to their own intuition because you know there have been many times when my intuition was screaming, especially about a health-related issue, to do something differently and I didn't listen. I listened to well, the times I'm, I'm thinking of the medical establishment and had an experience that ended up being honestly traumatic to my physical body. Now, this isn't a podcast about never go to a doctor again and like all doctors are evil. The way I look at it is this. We all have specialized um, areas of expertise. You know, I work. I I sort of straddle. (laughs) Yeah, that's the word. I sort of straddle the like coaching and psychic services industries. And those are highly specialized, especially the latter, highly specialized industries. And so the knowledge I have is going to be very different from what someone in a different industry, especially a specialized one, would have. And so when I look at medical doctors, it's not that I think that like, Well, it's not that I completely think there's like a giant conspiracy to keep us sick, although I do think, I actually, I do kind of think that. I don't, however, think that like individual doctors are all out to get you and get your money or like any of that shit. I'm looking at it like more on the the, the like scale of capitalism, but that's totally off topic for now. Um, But even the best intentioned professional – in any field, whether it's a doctor, especially a general doctor, or anything else, is only is going to have a limited knowledge, and so I would no more go to my doctor, especially my general practitioner, and expect them to like have a working understanding of my energy bodies and the health needs of those than I would expect to go to a psychic and be. Given advice on how to, I don't know. I should have had a good example ready. But I'm just, my, my, have, have it, you know, go to my psychic and I, psychic's a bad example because psychics maybe would know these things because they're psychic. Okay, I would no more go to my doctor and expect them to have a working understanding of the needs of my energy bodies than I would expect to go to my, um, the checkout clerk in my local grocery store and expect them to have a working knowledge of what medication I should take to help my, you know, diabetes. I'm not diabetic, but that's just like the first thing I thought of. My point is you go to experts on certain things to get the information that they are experts on. Understanding that that information is limited. It's a limited perspective and that it's up to us to sort of marry these perspectives in a way that makes sense. And that feels right. Okay. So that's like my little medical disclaimer. And actually this is something I feel passionate about. So I'm going to put this here. I actually believe that all healing modalities are tools and mainstream medicine is one of those modalities. And so I find myself talking about this often in the realm of mental health um, because I have through much of my life um, experienced clinical, clinical depression and generalized anxiety disorder. And I have largely healed those experiences in myself through a combination of spiritual work, of mindset work, and of periods of medication. And a lot of therapy. (laughs) So for me, I'm not currently on any medication and I don't, um, well, whether or not I plan to be in the future is actually irrelevant. I'm not currently on any medication and I haven't been for over a year and a half, maybe more. But it was a very powerful tool for me because it actually allowed me to make changes because I was supported in terms of like my brain chemistry. I was able to make decisions that really served me that I previously felt were impossible because I was like spending all my energy and trying to get out of bed, you know? (laughs) So my point here isn't like medication is good or bad. Doctors are good or bad. It's just that these are all tools and it's up to us to not be overly reliant on any one tool. And so mainstream medicine often gets a bad rap for being like the thing people rely on too much because often it is because it's the most accessible But there are also people who are equally, you know, overly invested in like consulting their tarot cards. I mean, I, you know, I read tarot for part of my living who will, there are people who will be constantly consulting their tarot cards before they make any decision. That's equally toxic, you know? And so my point here, this is so important for me to open with this and any conversation about health, because there is so much... Well all information is biased to some extent, but there is so much information with an agenda out there of making you reject one or the other, usually you know mainstream medicine versus holistic medicine. forgetting that the very I, the very definition of the word holistic is you know embodying the whole. I didn't literally just look up the definition, but <laughs> you get my point. Um, And so that that can include any tool that feels good to you and that it's up to you to be responsible and to be constantly questioning what you're told by everybody, whether it's your general practitioner or whether that's your favorite wellness blogger or whether that's me. You know, it's always up to you. And so I wanted to talk about health because, well, The impetus behind this episode was something that was kind of brewing under the surface, but I received a few questions um, or suggestions or, or questions, I guess you could say, from a listener on Instagram. And this is how much I love talking to you all. I'm super receptive to your questions. I love, love, love shaping some of my episodes around them. So this person was wondering about how to spiritually embody about how to approach spiritual embodiment and we'll talk about that in a moment and use that as a healing modality how to heal with your body rather than like the sense of having to attack your body and like what steps to take for a really holistic approach to health and this was already on my mind because I've had a few private clients lately who have come with physical health issues that through our sessions we've realized that they had really, really clear spiritual origins, karmic origins, things that could be cleared, That in many ways, they were manifestations of an energy imbalance. And honestly, disease in the body is always a manifestation of an energy balance. Now, before, let me give a few caveats. If that triggers you, it may be because there is, some people do have a perspective that like we manifest illness. And that connotation can feel an awful lot like victim blaming. But that's not what it is. It's merely stating. And of course, you know, there are different teachers on the subject who have like varying degrees of bedside manner on the subject <laughs> just like a regular doctor, you know. Um, Some some people really do kind of like approach it as victim blaming. They're like, yeah, (laughs) you did this. That's not my approach at all. My approach is that we have, I practice kundalini yoga and there is a discussion of the different energy of the different bodies and the physical body is only one of those bodies and kundalini yoga works to correct the energy imbalances in all of the bodies, most of which are energy bodies that we hold. And in doing so, that can actually have a very measure, measurable physical effect on your physical health. And so it's it's not that, like, the energy imbalance is your fault. It's just that, like, it's an imbalance, just like an imbalance in the, bo- the pH of your body that might cause you to have, like, acid reflux or an imbalance in your brain chemistry, which can cause mental illness, like... There's no value judgment to place on the imbalance. It's just that there's an imbalance, you know? I really think we need to depersonalize these ideas because the fact of the matter is, like, we only... I mean, even mainstream psychologists and and, uh, neurologists, they acknowledge that we only use a very small fraction of our brain. And so it just makes sense that there is... We have a lot more control over our health than we think. And if you've been dealing with... Any health problems, and I'm just, I mean, I'm talking generally about health problems here. It can really feel, especially if you have been in the middle of like the at times circus of mainstream medicine. its It can be easy to feel like you're not being listened to, like you're not receiving the full picture of treatment, like, you maybe just don't even have all the information. Like, there's less of a focus on educating you and more of a focus on just, like, fixing you. These feelings, I say from experience, can be very alienating and can really make you forget that you can heal your body. And this isn't a call to, like, not receive serious treatment if you need it. It's, this is a call to receive all of the treatment you need not just that treatment that a doctor prescribes that can be a part of it but it's not enough on its own and you know it's funny because I started this year with healing of some physical health issues that really really just like zapped me into my body For the first time in a long time, and and I'll be completely honest with myself, I actually I struggle with embodiment. I talked about embodiment in a previous episode um, about my work with the embodiment practices taught by um, Alexandra Roxo, which are basically about releasing the stuck energy in the body in a very like guttural ritualistic way through sound, through movement, through you know, tears, releasing these stuck energies so that the body can heal itself both physically and and spiritually and emotionally. And it's funny because this is actually something that I have been challenged by throughout much of my life, which is funny because, you know, I work with the archetype of Venus, which is such a physical archetype. And yet I mean, the reason I work with that, the reason that calls to me is because this is an area that where I, I am to grow. And it's funny because I, like many of us, for me, I don't think much about my health until I don't have it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just like, that's honestly how it is with most things, which is kind of an interesting comment on on the concept of manifestation it's like we really only focus on things when we don't have them and then we wonder why they don't expand in a positive direction you know just like if we're only focusing on money when we don't have it then we we start noticing and thus attract more of the same more of the not having and that's just neuroscience honestly like we can spiritualize it of course and talk about the energy of it of course but the spiritual aspects the energetics are really just reflections of neuroscience our brains are designed to notice more of what we have been noticing and like that's just indisputable i mean it's just it's just what the brain does and and so if when it comes to health we're only focusing on our health when we don't have it it sends the message that it's not important and that it's not going to expand in a positive direction it's only going to expand in what we would call a negative direction. I say what we would call because, honestly, like, good and bad are human constructions. Like, you know, they they are. And so, and, and, they, and they are variable based on the person, based on your perspective. They are not hard and fast ideas. And so, earlier this year, when I was working on healing my body, I was really struggling. I was in, like, an extended healing period from, like, a f- traumatic physical event. And... I was like, what am I not doing? Like I was like Googling every day, like what do I need to be fucking doing? And it wasn't like life, anything life threatening, but it was annoying and it was painful physically and emotionally and spiritually. And what happened was I shift, I I remember so clearly one morning I shifted my focus and I, uh, what by that, I literally mean like I shifted the term I was googling. <laughs> and i I'm not gonna like get into the details because they're personal, but i i I got in my head to focus on this from an energetic perspective, and I suddenly got all of the answers I had been looking for. And what was amazing was when I started working on healing the energy center, or what some people call the chakra, of the area that was having the issues, I healed so fast. I'm talking like after two months of not healing, or feeling that I wasn't, suddenly like being healed. It wasn't overnight, but it felt like it was, you know? And so it was such a reminder that, wow, it, it really is important to focus on healing from a truly, a truly, truly holistic, perspective an inclusive perspective and most importantly a perspective that is grounded in the physical body and the awakening of the senses so we are um, into week one of my four-week program the chariot which is all about rapid transformation and quantum leaping and um, the chariot is closed, but if you're interested in getting on the wait list for the next session, you can go to my website, rebirthofvenus.com slash the chariot and check it out. So we're at well into week one and one of the pieces of energy work we did together was on becoming aware of the physical body because we're working in the course on creating physical change in the physical world. And it's so easy, especially as spiritually minded people, to forget that like, for example, if you're looking at manifestation, manifestation is a physical practice. And so when you're just like focus, when you just visualize what you want or just think like an affirmation of what you want, it doesn't work because you're not embodying it. And this is why people who, like, know their shit, at least, because there is a lot of misinformation around this still that's, like, just think it and you get it. But the people who really know their shit, the teachers who really know their shit, are, are you know, they tell you that you have to feel the feelings. And that's because that allows you to embody the thing physically that you're trying to bring into the physical world, right? And so in, this, in the practice we did in our first class for the chariot, It's kind of like a stripped-down meditation practice, and it's really, really, really important and and invaluable to do, whether for everybody. But it's even more valuable to do if you're feeling at odds with your physical body, because maybe you feel like your physical body is is not shutting down, but is like not showing up for you, or you feel abandoned by your physical body because you're experiencing health issues. Or maybe you're experiencing like, you know, mental health issues around your body and your feelings of, you know, liking the way you look and things like that. So basically what you do is this, close your eyes and simply become aware of how your body feels. And I like to just start with like a random part of my body. And it could be like your right arm, you know, for example. And really pay attention to how it feels. And and transfer that awareness of feeling to the rest of your body. And then start to experience your body through all of your senses. So how does the air feel on your body? How does the world sound to your body? Like actually thinking about the things that are causing those sounds and identifying them. This is a great stripped-down meditation practice because a lot of people have the misconception that meditation is about emptying the mind and that's not true it's about observing the thoughts and this is a great way to start doing that by literally like listening and okay right now it's like someone just dropped a piece of big metal outside someone's chopping something there's a dog barking there's some music playing you start to like pick out the sounds you can pay attention to what you see and yes if your eyes are closed you still see something I mean, even if it's just like red, like I often see red when I close my eyes. I'm actually trying it right now. It's like dark reddish purple, kind of. Probably I'm like seeing my blood or something. Creepy, right? Um, <laughs> you know, so really paying attention, like how does the air smell? What's the temperature like? And just getting as clear as a picture of a picture as you can of what is physically occurring in your physical world around your physical container. And... In doing so, you may notice like, oh, tightness in places you never noticed before or pain or discomfort or that you're not breathing deeply or any number of other things, right? This is a great first step or forever step to become really aware of your physical body, which is so important if you're if you're working on improving your health and you're interested in doing so in a way that's grounded in the physical body and the awakening of the senses and so I will I will say that a shortcoming of the mainstream medical establishment is that the focus is really intellectual the focus is not usually on how you feel the focus is on okay this is your symptom how do we fix it and you know what there's that's not inherently bad I'm gonna be honest like if I have a nasty cold or an allergy attack, I am not the person who is like, I don't want to take anything. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to live my life today. I'm not trying to be sneezing all over like people and like sneezing on camera when I do my video clients. Like, no, I'm going to ta- I'm taking something that is just going to fix the symptoms. Yes, I know it's not healing me. And I'll do that in conjunction with the healing practices I'm going to talk about in this episode. And so, you know, and whether or not you choose to take medicine, like, over-the-counter or prescription is not the point here, and that's a personal choice, and I honestly don't care which what you decide, as long as it works for you. But my point is that it's not inherently bad that the, the focus in the mainstream medical establishment is on the symptoms, is on the intellectualization of what you're experiencing, of, like, tell me what is happening with words, I will give you a prescription, It's just that that's only one piece of the huge puzzle. And so that's not necessarily going to provide us with the maximum healing that we could harness. And really, healing is about like a full body experience. Do you guys hear that bell? That's the trash bell. Quick little like cultural note. Might be (laughs) ridiculous or interesting to some of you, especially those of you in the U.S., So I live in Mexico, and um, here, this is completely unrelated to our topic, so tangent alert. The trash system is different (laughs) than in the U.S. Um, Basically, the system for most people, unless you live in a building that has, like, a trash room, which actually I currently do live in, this is the first place I've lived in here, my third place I've lived in, in Mexico, and it's the first one I've lived in where I didn't have to worry about the trash circus as I call it. So basically the trash circus is on like supposedly designated days. Some, I think ours, our street is every day, but again, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm like living in luxury. <laughs> Not really, but you know, comparatively. Um, when you hear the bell ring, you have to like run out and take your trash out. And it's funny because I've lived in neighborhoods where I was like, it was supposed to be, like, Tuesday and Friday, and then it was, like, it's Tuesday, and it never came. And Or, like, you're in bed all comfy, and you hear the trash bell, and you're, like, shit, I have to go out now because I haven't, like, I missed the past three bells. Like, it's just, like, this kind of a circus, and it's funny. You would think, like, how will I hear a bell? But actually, you do get trained, like Pavlov's dogs, to, like, hear the bell and do the thing. <laughs> so, anyway, if you guys are, like, what is she talking about? Just, let's just move on. That was That's the explanation of the bell you might have heard. So anyway, <laughs> back to healing. So it's really important to approach healing in terms of like all of the needs of the body, of all the bodies, all of the energy bodies, you know, of the mind, of the physical body, like really holistic healing. And so... Um, it's funny because with my with my private clients, whenever they bring up health issues, I always like I'm like, oh, well, I always start all of my, for example, my tarot transformation sessions, which are my sessions that are available on a single basis. Like you can just purchase one session and, and do that. It's not necessarily an ongoing commitment. What often happens is people will come like, oh, I want to like talk about my health issues, figure out what the root is. OK, great, cool. I start all of my sessions, health or not, with asking like, what's going on in your life? And they tell me, and then always inevitably there's like at the end, oh, and there's this other thing, but like, I'm sure it's not related. And I smile to myself and I'm like, okay, let's hear it. Because I know it's always the key. Like always, it's the thing that they almost didn't mention that's ends up like they say it. And, you know, even without like being intuitive, even without, I mean, you know, I am trained, I've trained I'm trained on, on like listening for these certain things, but even just as like a person, an outsider, I can hear and like, oh, like that's clearly so related because it's often, okay, say the person is has questions about their physical health. It's often like something happening in a relationship or something happening in their, you know, with their personal life or if they're, you know, have issues around mental health, it's like, oh, this like seemingly unrelated event in their life and it's like so so related and so it's important it's really important to recognize that it's all related these are all pieces of the puzzle and I want to so I, I use a lot of herbal medicine and like I said I totally use like regular like like better living through chemistry medicine personally like I said I have a cold, and it's like if I if I can like just chill at home and I and watch movies and like drink broth and tea and rest. I don't bother taking over the counter medication just because I like I know it only masks the symptoms, and I just would rather like let them run their course. And so if I have the luxury of just like laying at home, I do that. But if I have to like do things, I take the drugs. Personally, but I also or not but. And I also use other aspects of healing to, like, fill out the picture. So a big part of that is nutrition. So, um, and this is intuitive. So, for example, there's a reason why pretty much every culture in the world, when people are sick with a cold or the flu, suggest some kind of animal-based broth. And I'm sorry for the vegetarians or vegans out there. Um, This is not like a comment on like whether or not you should eat animal products. It's just an observation based on nutrition and based on anthropology, okay? Certainly you could substitute a plant-based alternative. That's just not my focus in this moment. So every culture has some version of like a chicken soup. Or some kind of animal broth, bone broth. You know, here in Mexico, it's caldo de pollo, which is a chicken soup that's, like, made with the bones. Which, I mean, any real chicken soup is made with the bones. It's funny because bone broth is, like, very trendy kind of now in, like, health circles, especially, like, paleo circles because it's super nutritious. I mean, it has so many nutrients in the bones. And, like I said, if you are... Plant-based and this part of the conversation isn't comfortable for you, feel free to just disregard it. Um but it's interesting that like every culture has a version of this. And that it's sort of like ingrained in us when we get sick with a cold or the flu to like crave soup. And sure, like you might not get fresh chicken soup, but you crave soup because your body knows those nutrients help and and plus like the onions the garlic the carrots that are often in chicken soup actually have been known to have compounds that heal you from the cold the common cold or can heal you from the flu it's like we know because we do right and so I actually really encourage you not to like you have to eat this food but when you're feeling when you're experiencing a health issue just to listen to your intuition about what your body craves and not to put a judgment on that and if your body's just like constantly craving like a very like like an un, a food that you deem unhealthy you can like really go inward and ask like what am I really craving so for example when I get sick, I often crave ice cream, which actually is like not a good thing to eat when you're sick because it increases the dairy increases mucus production. But the reason I I crave it is twofold. One, it's because I have an associate a childhood association with when I was stay, when I would stay home sick from school with like a cold or something. I remember a few times my mom went out to Wendy's and got me like a chocolate frosty. <laughs> so I think it's like just an association with comfort and being taken care of. And second, it really feels good in my throat. My throat's all scratchy, like cold ice cream just feels like heaven. And so here's the thing. I could be like, no, I don't want this. This is not good. And I could substitute something, maybe like frozen fruit. Or I could just be like, I'm going to just eat the ice cream because it gives me comfort. And that physical comfort, that emotional comfort, it actually It allows my cortisol levels, my stress hormones to be reduced, which actually helps my body heal. You know, so I can I can choose which approach I'm going to take, like traditionally healthy route or not. And they're both good. They're both fine. They're both valid. I'm a huge, huge tea drinker and I well, I drink tea all the time and coffee. I love coffee too. And actually coffee has a lot of antioxidants. So like let's not hate on the coffee when you're sick. But I love tea, especially when I'm sick. And not just sick because I don't, you know, not just like, oh, I have a cold or something. But just like not feeling well. Because really it's about wellness. Um, my favorite tea when I'm not feeling well is the lavender lemon berry from hemp kettle tea. Um, and when I, and, I, and I drink it just, like, to feel better, whether I'm, like, actually sick in terms of a cold or the flu or something, or I'm just not feeling, like, I'm just feeling like I need comfort. Maybe I'm feeling burnt out. Maybe I'm feeling like I've been doing too many things for other people and not for myself. Maybe I'm feeling anxious, you know? These are all symptoms of a lack of wellness, which... I may be feeling in the emotional context or the physical context or any other context, but the healing has to approach all of those. This tea, it's um, white tea is the base. So, and white tea is actually, um, okay, so I'm not a tea expert, (laughs) but the... The colors of tea, so like white tea, green tea, black tea, they actually are a result of not the not different types of tea, but a difference in the roasting process. And I believe I I don't have like Wikipedia up, but I believe that the white tea is the youngest; it's the least processed. The green tea is like slightly fermented, and the black tea is the most fermented. So it's like dried, it's fermented, it lets it sit out, it's cured again not an expert but that's my understanding and actually the process of drying and curing it actually activates the caffeine so white tea has the least caffeine of the tea leaf and i and, and the most antioxidants as well because the antioxidants get like processed out kind of not processed out but they get just in the natural process of drying and curing my understanding is that the caffeine gets like activated and in doing that the antioxidants get deactivated black tea still has like plenty plenty of antioxidants but yeah so that's the base but what i love about the blend is that and that's why i drink it like all the freaking time is that the herbs like really for me just like support the herbs that are added to the tea really just support, like, my overall wellness. So they're goji berries, which are, like, super high in antioxidants. So definitely if you have, like, a cold or the flu or any, even, like, a more severe health problem that's related to, you know, that that is related to oxidation. So, which is, like, really all illness. Um, that's really helpful with hemp seeds, which have, you know, a ton of health benefits. Um Rosebuds, which like rose for me, I mean it's a plant rose is a plant I work with a lot. In my work with Venus, in my work as a witch, in my just personal work, I'm just drawn to roses. My cats are obsessed with roses. Um, whatever I buy them, they just like eat them. Luckily they're not toxic to cats, which is one of the reasons I buy roses. Um, roses to me are such and this and this is not like their health benefits. But it's how they make my soul feel, make me feel uplifted, cared for, comforted, um, loved by myself. It's like that love you get from another, but like but you're giving it to yourself. And so, ingesting them, it, you know, it it heals my soul in that way. And lavender, which similarly, I mean, lavender is relaxing. So, it's so important when we're healing holistically from illness or from a lack of wellness, however you want to approach it, that we keep the body relaxed. Because when the body's relaxed or when the body's not relaxed, our, our cortisol levels increase, which are a huge cause of illness. Um, those are the stress hormones. And so it's important to keep the body relaxed and it's important to keep the body in a state of not feeling like that sense of danger. And so, oh, and I'm sorry, there's one, it also says lemon verbena in this blend and that's such an uplifting herb. It uplifts you. It's been known to help with mild depression, which, like, if you're even if you don't struggle from depression usually or, or struggle with depression, when you're sick, like, you're a little depressed just because, like, being sick sucks. Let's face it. <laughs> no matter how spiritual and like, holistic we are, being sick blows. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, and so, you know, for example, like, this blend really, it both Provides the physical support through the antioxidants, through the healing properties of the herbs, and also provides emotional support because it elevates my mood and makes me feel good and like a little energized, like just a little bit of caffeine to kind of like perk you up. Nothing crazy. Like I, I, I drink this one at night sometimes, and like I don't notice that it keeps me up or anything like that. Um. And it also provides, like, through that emotional support, it provides spiritual support because my energy is being supported. And none of these can exist on their own, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, for me, like, that's one of my favorite tonics for illness. Like, I'll add honey if I have anything wrong with my throat. Like, I have, like, just a shitload of honey to coat the throat. You can even add, like, a little extra squeeze of lemon, or added antioxidants actually there, it's been shown that adding lemon or I feel if you live in Mexico like I do limes because like yellow lemons are just not the, that easy to find here adding a little bit of that to any tea actually increases the amount of antioxidants that are um that survive in your stomach by I forget how much it increases it by but it's like a huge difference <laughs> typical like fact shared by Caitlin I don't remember the details but it's big <laughs> so says adding like a little squeeze of lemon or lime actually dramatically increases the um, the number of antioxidants that can survive once like the tea hits your stomach acid usually it that kind of breaks down the antioxidants pretty fast so that's cool so yeah it's interesting with the citrus I mean as a great example you can use, use like a squeeze of orange that'd be good um you know, we crave orange juice or fruit. Like I love cold oranges when I'm just like feeling a little not my best because first of all, the smell of a fresh cut orange is heaven to me. I mean, here in Mexico City, there are a lot of like juice vendors on the streets and my favorites are the ones that just like have, I mean, some of them have like juicers to make a bunch of different kinds. My favorites though are the ones with just like the hand crank orange juice thing because they'll just like slice the orange right there. And when when they put it in the cranker, I don't know what it's called. (laughs) i guess like a manual juicer. And then they push the thing down and I just like smell the orange and it just makes me so happy. It's not just about like the fact that, yeah, oranges contain a ton of vitamin C, which helps your immune system. And we, and our bodies know that, but like our soul just like has that association with the smell, you know, for me, like the association with lavender. it's another reason I love that tea. Um, a like little bit of lemon a little bit of lavender just like I have that association with being calm but uplifted and yeah it's like I cannot be like in the moment I'm smelling like a fresh cut orange or fresh lavender I feel I can't feel sad sure like a second later I might go back to feeling sad but in that moment it's like oh <gasps> yes oh I just love it so The intuition is the biggest tool for you here. It really, it really is. It's so important to listen to your intuition and to trust that it has the information for you and to trust that that can go along with, you know, the recommendations of your doctor if you have one you trust or whatever. But also at the same time not being afraid to go against the grade. You know, there have been a couple times in my Well, there have been a bunch of times in my life, but a couple of times that really come to mind where one where I had a health issue and I was encouraged to seek. And and I did. I, I listened to this surgical intervention on it and later really just felt like that hadn't been the right thing to do. I mean, nothing like terrible happened because of it, but it was just like I could really, really feel the impact that had on my energy body, that invasive um, approach and I'm not saying don't get surgery, but in my case, I don't think it was necessary. and it was like ended up being kind of traumatic to my energetic body in a way that I didn't have a way to deal with at the time because I wasn't as like, wasn't as aware and I didn't have these spiritual tools that I do now. And then another time more recently, when I was advised to do something and I didn't, because my intuition was like this, is going to exacerbate the problems you have in this area. It's going to add tra- another trauma to this area. Like, Don't do it. And I didn't. And it was so crazy because after I started actually reading all of these accounts of people who said basically the exact same thing that my intuition had said to me. And it wasn't about like, you know, don't ever do this. In my approach, you know. For some other people, of course, they're like, oh, I did this and it was great. But the point is, like, you have to listen to your body, you know? And recognize that if you are in a place where you're noticing, like, you just aren't healing from something, and you aren't, um, and you're feeling really disconnected from your healing, that you can, rev- you can change that. You can switch that at any moment. So you know, starting with these sensual practices of of intuition, of food, of beverage, of scent, of, you know, that exercise I, I taught you earlier on about, like, embodying yourself in the physical. These all are ways to, um, you know, create a bigger picture for yourself, where you start to understand that your body is your home, and just, like, you may or may not take care of your physic of, of the home you live in, how are we taking care of or not taking care of our, our spiritual home? Our bodies, our vessels. Not being hard on yourself. You know, if you're recognizing like, oh, like the treatment I have received actually caused, made the problems worse or caused more trauma not being upset with that, but just recognizing, okay, now how can I choose differently and going inward to see how you can choose differently. And so that's my approach to healing, you know, and and this is an approach I've, I've, has brought me through a lot of issues, you know, I mean, I've been blessed with my physical health, but that isn't to say I haven't experienced like some really trying periods of a lack of wellness. Um, and even some like physical traumas as a result or, or that caused the, well, it caused the lack of wellness. And so, you know, this, it, these, these examples might seem like small, especially if you're dealing with a big problem or what you perceive as a big problem. But it's important to recognize that these all add up to a bigger picture and that all disease in the body you know, we have perceptions of what's like worse than others, but they all it all comes down to that same imbalance. And anything we can do to bring ourselves into balance will serve us. I'm not saying you're going to wake up and be healed overnight, but it's going to serve you and it's going to empower you and make you recognize that you do have knowledge, you do have awareness, and that there are things you can do that can bring you comfort. And So, I just, as always, my message is to go inward. My message is to recognize that you have the answers, that you know what to do. And so, I encourage you to take that information and and go deep with it and to trust it. And to trust yourself. Because I'm not interested in telling you what to do. And I'm also... I want to empower you to feel like you can decide what to do. So I hope today was helpful to you. I hope that my sort of holistic, unique approach to healing, you know, like I said, it's an approach that's inclusive, it's holistic, it's grounded in the physical body and the senses. I hope it serves you and it makes you realize that you are in power for your own healing and that you can create a life of wellness for yourself if you so desire. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. Um, As I mentioned at the beginning, definitely check out Hemp Kettle Tea Company and their amazing, amazing blends that support my total wellness. You can click on the link in my bio for that promo code as well as um, the other free gifts that we have available for you. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, um, further discussion on this topic or any others, you can DM me at, on Instagram at rebirth underscore Venus. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you all soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.